I can't believe Mitch just used the theme music to cut us off. Yeah, he's honestly the power has gone to his head. That was so rude. He was on one show one time, got like 10 yeah. lessons, and now he thinks he runs he this podcast. Runs the show. That was the that was the most passive aggressive thing that's ever I happened felt to me very in my life. Aggressive, just plain aggressive, <laughs> just no plain passive aggressive. about it. Plain old aggressive. I don't appreciate that. We'll be ta- talking about that at the next production meeting. We'll be taking that up with our management. I'll see you after the function. After the function. Uh, I'm sure Mitch is quoting that now. Uh, Connor, do you have any business? We haven't had much business. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like anything new or exciting that we could talk about, but... No. I don't think there is anything. Not really. Uh, not In the Heights is going to come out at some point. Oh, I can't wait. On video. It looks so good. Yeah. Honestly, when I saw that um, the Ridge Abuela Claudia is going to be in it from the musical. I don't musical. know who that man is. Um, Sorry to this man. <laughs> it's a woman. <laughs> Sorry to this woman. Okay. <laughs> when I saw her in the um, trailer, I almost started crying because she's amazing. Okay. Yeah, real yeah, stand. That's great. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, that is the only Lin Manuel Miranda content that should be allowed anymore. <laughs> Gotta say, I agree. <laughs> it's crazy that that's his only musical he's ever written, and there, there wasn't has, anything. There else. are no others. Sometimes you're just a one hit wonder, and it's that's true. it. And that's okay. That's it's allowed okay to be a one hit wonder. <laughs> That's allowed. And we celebrate that. We let you sit in that space. When Moana eventually comes to Broadway. Yeah, it's like happening. Will Lin-Manuel win the Tony for that music? Oh, interesting. Probably. Because he wrote the score. Or did he write the The underscore? And that's a fun joke that no one will get except for just the two of us. Yes. And Mitch, too, but he's yeah, in but the doghouse right now. when has he ever laughed at a joke? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> when has he ever found anything he humorous? He has said that we are dynamic, <laughs> low and energy. He, and he meant it negatively. <laughs> he meant dynamic negatively. In a bad way. In a mean, he meant it rudely. He said earlier tonight that we had a bad vibe. Yeah. Calling out my vibes is really what's honestly (laughs) fucking with me. Yeah, I got that. It's pretty rude. (laughs) Like, that's the meanest thing you could say to someone before they have to perform on a podcast. Exactly. Is that you have bad vibes. You can't just, like, (laughs) vibe check somebody mere seconds before before they start. Slam on their theme song and force them onto the air live and in color. It's very... (laughs) Color. It's very rude. It's, It's, um... I don't want to say it's a crime because that feels... It is a hate crime. It is a hate crime. (laughs) Because it comes from a place of hate. And actually, we can say that. (laughs) That is correct because we are minorities. (laughs) Innocence. Well, yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay. So uh, let's get to the, the show. We don't have a guest this week. It's just all just family. It's just Kanban and Bear Bear right here, <laughs> coming at you. Let's make stickers with that on a Kanban and Bear Bear. Yeah, I like that. I picture you as a little. Do you know what Shopkins are? I do. Okay, I figure you have children, so. <laughs> yes, famously, I am a father. <laughs> um, no, yeah, my niece has Shopkins. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, give it a quick goog right now, but Shopkins are little 
like cartoon anthropom- anthropomorphized. Ooh, okay. Made human. Uh, <laughs> Little plastic <laughs> foods mm-hmm. and appliances. Yes. <laughs> and they have insane names like Queen Sticky. Um, <laughs> and you collect them when you're a child. Queen Sticky like, is going to be my drag name. <laughs> like Polly Pocket, but yeah. but with food. Interesting. Kind of. Okay. And so anyway. I remember Polly Pockets because I mean, my sister ha- sisters had them. I didn't ever have that. I wish that I had. Because I like little things. I don't now, like, but I did as a child. You like little, yeah. you like collecting little tiny pieces yes. of pla- moldable plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Once I, okay, I got to finish this Shopkins bit. <laughs> anyway, I I'm imagine sorry, I Kanban you. would be like a little Shopkins cinnamon roll <gasps> with yes. eyes. And, um, and famously, I bake cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah. And famously, you look like a cinnamon roll. I am a cinnamon You're roll. You're swirly and cute. <gasps> We love that. I'm putting that in my Tinder bio. (laughs) Swirly and cute. Swirly and cute. Queen queen sticky. Queen sticky. (laughs) People are going to have some cues. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Thank you. Yes, I do like miniature things. I once had a little box that you could decorate as a room. (laughs) And you could plug in lamps and they really lit up. (laughs) Okay, wait. It was a box. Yeah, it was a little like shadow box. Like... Okay. The front came on and off. Okay. And you could put furniture and stuff <gasps> in it and flip the wow. wall. There was like magnetized. Yeah. So you could flip the walls around and make them different colors and mix and match and like interior decorate these little boxes. Wow. My gay yeah. heart is singing right now. Yeah, it was now. amazing. I want that. It was like American Girl, like Pleasant Company derivative or something. They have new like dolls. Yeah, they've shelved all the OG dolls. Yeah. Thrown them into the river. Well, they like they've now have like a line of like different American Girl dolls called like Welly Wishers. Excuse me. Yeah. What does that mean? They're like they're like American Girl dolls, but like in boots. Tiny. They're like miniature. And famously, American Girl dolls were life size American <laughs> <Yeah>. girls. <laughs> I mean, the need to shrink was imperative. I mean, they really had to capture. The market after Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I just don't understand why are they called Welly Wishers. I don't know. That doesn't translate across the pond. <laughs> that sounds like a boot wisher. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like that. I really have no idea. I don't know why we were talking about this either. Hmm. Huh, we'll find out one day. Who can never ever know? Okay. All right. So this week we're talking about... The producers. The producers. And we, for this exercise, will be referring to the 2005 musical film. Film. By Mel Brooks. Yes. Not the 60s film with Gene Wilder. Yes. R.I.P. Incredibly hot. And we love that. Yeah, we love that. Uh, We love it when people are incredibly hot. (laughs) It's one of my top favorite things. Yeah. Depending on the person. (laughs) Well, of course. I've been known to hate because someone's too hot. Well, I mean, like sometimes someone is so hot, it's like they're throwing it in your face. It's a threat, honestly. Like, don't come at me with that jawline. Yeah. No. No, it's not. It's not allowed. See yourself out, sir. This is a place of business. Like, Chris Evans, like, take that sweater off and knives out. Right. It's too much. Yeah. And now I'm filing a lawsuit. Yeah. Put on like a old ribbed tank top and like tone it down. A right. Little. Like you need to calm down. Yeah. 
You need to calm down. I've had it. She's famously litigious. We simply can't be quoting <laughs> we, things like that. I'm, you're the one who brought that up. Okay. Uh, Taylor Connor. Swift, do not tweet at us. <laughs> Taylor Swift, please stop listening to this podcast. What are you doing? Uh, Connor, can we get some facts and figs? Facts and figs. Okay, so The Producers is a musical with music and lyrics by Mel Brooks with a book written by Mel Brooks and Thomas Meehan. Um, the film that we watched, the 2001 film, is based on the musical. Yes. Or the musical went up in 2001. The 2005 film is based on the musical. The musical itself is based on the 1967 movie The Producers, also by Mel Brooks. Amazing. So... It's uh, it's he's pulling the original Tina Fey, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. she makes the movie, she puts it on Broadway, and then she takes the Broadway version and makes it back into a movie. That's true. Everyone getting so mad at her, and she's just following. Yeah, and comedy Mel- legend Mel Brooks's literally playbook. Yeah, honestly, and we didn't yell at him. Well, we didn't. How could we? <laughs> Twitter didn't come around for another like. Two years. Well, <laughs> that's what inspired it famously. Yeah. Mel Brooks making a movie of a musical of a movie yeah. is what inspired Jack Dorsey to create. He was like, I just really need Twitter. to yell at Mel Brooks mm-hmm. directly. What if there was a way I could directly scream at people who are stupid? Yeah. And that's and then Twitter also show people how stupid I am. Yeah. And that's that's, and that's Twitter. That's Twitter, baby. So uh, the production's history it opened on Broadway in April 2001 and ran for 2,502 performances. And then it opened on the West End in November 2004 and ran until um, until 2007 for 920 performances. There have been um, UK and US tours. And then the film was made in 2005, starring the majority of the original Broadway cast, including Nathan lane and matthew broderick um so the show is actually has some tony history it holds the record for the most wins for any musical um it used to hold the record for most nominations it has it was nominated for 15 tonys and won 12 holy shit um it used to have the record for most nominations but hamilton surpassed it with 16 nominations <sighs> once again as i've said before <laughs> menace to society menace to society funded by the cia everything <laughs> like that um it is the one of the only um musicals that was that won a tony in every single category that it was nominated for um, and a couple of the categories like featured actor and um, actress were multiple nominations, oh. which is how they were able to get away with that and still have 15 noms. That's wild. They won best musical nuts. book score actor featured actor featured actress direction choreo orchestration scenic costume and lighting design. Wild. And then at the 2001 Drama Desks, they also had 10 wins and 13 That's what we in the biz called a sweep. Yeah. It was, it, it, I mean, there. we watched the film and it's still like, it's good. It's still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I, listen, I'm a sucker for anything Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. So Honestly. I, Comedy I'm legend. happy to uh, forgive some of the... <laughs> 
that we will get into. questionable material. That we will get into. Um, A quick synopsis. Mm -hmm. The producers follows Max Bialystok and Leo Bloom, two theatrical producers who scheme to get rich by overselling interests in a Broadway flop. Complications arise when the show unexpectedly turns out to be successful. I gotta say, I was trying to follow the logic of this uh, scheme. The scheme. And... Uh, I find this happens a lot in like heist movies or mm-hmm. any kind of movie where there's a financial scam involved. Uh, and it's that I'm too stupid to understand it. <laughs> so uh, my brain just shuts off and I don't understand the right. fundamentals. But then it leaves me questioning the entire scheme. I know. Well, because like part of it, the. <sighs> It's so weird because, like, the whole thing has to do with, like, investing. Like, their entire scheme is about investment. Right. And, like, they're ske- essentially, like, fraudulently investing in the show. They're Bernie Madoffing yeah. their show. It's a The show is basically a Ponzi scheme. I say that as though I have any idea the nuts and bolts of what Bernie Madoff did. Because, again, for me, that's <laughs> did financial scam. Right. So, it's like... The the details are a little murky because in my mind, the whole idea is that like because the show flops, mm-hmm. the IRS won't investigate that. They're like, who who cares? cares? This is famously pre-Firefest. Yes. Where when you have a big flop, <laughs> uh everyone's involved and you're certainly going to prison. Exactly, exactly. But um so they're like cooking the books, making it look like everything is up and up. Yeah. But yeah, it like it kind of is wild, especially because if the show is a success and you raised two million dollars, we're getting really deep into this. I know I, I'm I'm in the weeds here with this, but I I feel like I just don't understand. I'm glad that they worked it out. Yeah. I guess it just feels to me uh, like I'm too dumb to ever do <laughs> a scam, which I guess is good. Yeah, I mean you don't want to do a scam is the thing well that's not true i mean america loves a scam. do want to do scams okay well this podcast Um, is kind of a scam (laughs) i want to do caroline calloway scams i want to do anna delvey scams i want to do elizabeth holmes scams okay love elizabeth holmes certainly love a turtleneck which one is it uh anna delvey is this german little freak okay. who was running around in the New York City like social circles. Um she had one like telegram wire receipt yeah. or something uh that showed like $15,000 was coming in and she kept just like using that to get herself into like very fancy hotels. Oh my god. And into parties and stuff like and just like build a tab and people were like Oh, well, you have, she's like, yeah, I'm an heiress from Germany. Oh and they God. were like, oh, prove it. And she would like show them this old ATM receipt she'd found on the ground and was like, <laughs> look how much money I have. And they were like, mm, yes, this all checks out. And just let her like stay at the Plaza Hotel or some shit like that for like weeks on end, Eloising it up. Oh my God, I want that. Yeah. It was I incredible. want to do that. And then everyone was like, you should have known she was a scammer. Look how bad her hair was. Like That's, she she's not rich. Real rich you, people have good hair. Have you seen rich people? They do not know how to dress. No, that is true. I watch a lot of Real Housewives and they famously don't have good hair. No. But um she had very, very, very bad hair. 
and also she was like just like bebopping around trying to do the socialite thing. Wow. On uh, an on an IOU essentially. That's insane. I've literally thought of that. I have always wondered like what are the ramifications of if I go to a bar and I like run up a tab, uh-huh. but I still have my card. I guess they would have my card number. I was just like wondering, like, could you get away with like this scheme essentially? Like just like building up tabs everywhere, yeah. never paying. I mean, I think when she went out, she and just then just made like her friends absconding. pay for everything. Oh, that's mean. I mean, don't I guess do that to your friends. In theory, I think you could take like a shitty car, an old card. Yeah, that's true. But it would still have your name on it. Yeah. It's okay. We'll figure out how to do financial crimes on a different podcast. <laughs> Tune in for our next podcast, uh, Financial Crimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the show is starts with um, Max's new show opening up, and it's a musical version of Hamlet called Funny Boy. Amazing. And it has the iconic opening number. Opening That's actually night. a version of Hamlet I would go see. Go see. That feels new. There are so many Shakespeare jokes in this show. Yeah. Which is wild for a musical. In my mind, that has nothing to do with Shakespeare. Probably because that's the only theater references that like everyone gets that uh, Mel Brooks can make. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like there are a ton of like theater Broadway jokes. Yeah, because it's sort of like in the drowsy vein of like it's making fun, making of, fun of Broadway. That's true. Um, and it's so wild because there's like there's the Hamlet. There's a um, King Lear poster in yeah. Max's office. Mm-hmm. He, in one of his songs, he like talks about Othello. and But how, it looks like it's spelled L-E-E-R. Yeah, it's which misspelled. Is very funny. Yeah. Like a king who's just looking at people like is leering. a very good bit. Uh, before I like, so I saw this movie when I was very, very young. Uh-huh. This is like a, a very formative movie for me as a young I could tell. Connor artist. was quoting... Almost every single one I, of Nathan I, Lane's lines. Like, honestly, I could probably do that entire movie myself. Incredible. I wish we'd watch that instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't. This was like before I knew anything about Shakespeare other than like Romeo and Juliet. So I didn't mm. know that King Lear was an actual play. Gotcha. So I thought that it was just a joke. So when I would hear people talking about King Lear, I was like, oh, you like the producers too. <laughs> you thought it was code for loving the producers. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I I'm a dumbass. You pay attention to the background and wow, you gave people you a have, lot more credit than they deserve. You have also seen this movie 14 times this weekend. <laughs> I wore that DVD out. Thank you. Uh, okay. The iconic opening night. Opening night. Is so good. It's such a good, fun opening number. Um, and everybody is just shit talking Max. Yeah. Brings you right into the vibe this musical is trying to go for, which yeah. is very golden age, very uh full sets, big cast, yeah, huge orchestration. And then um it's just people shit talking yeah. this show, which is incredible. Yeah, we love an opening number that's just shit talking. Yeah, it's my journey. It's the best. That's how I enter my home every day. <laughs> Um, speaking of the golden age thing, um, the, I wanted to bring up like the comedy of the show. It's like wildly old fashioned. Yeah. Very vaudeville. We've talked about that. Like very borscht belts. It's like old 
Jewish humor. Yeah. Like it's very, it's very uh, Mel Brooks. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not afraid to like get like very slapsticky with it. Yeah. Very um, broad. Very broad. Loves to do wordplay and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, double entendre. Yeah. Like for days. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, you hear this most often when people are discussing blazing saddles. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone gets made fun of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's sort of the excuses that it's fine to make fun of some people because we're making fun of everyone. We're making fun of everyone. Which doesn't really fly in 2020. Not really. <laughs> the concept of punching down had not been invented when Mel Brooks was <laughs> when Mel Brooks was coming up. Um, Apparently not. So enter uh, Leo Bloom, an accountant hired by Max. Um, and while studying Max's books, Leo, talking out loud to himself, realizes that um, since flops are expected to lose money, the IRS doesn't really investigate failed productions. So um, if you were to say raise more money than the budget required, no one's really going to be accounting for those right. uh, funds. Which is how the scheme gets is born. born. Um, and Max is like... You're a genius. Let's do it. And Leo says no. Goes back to his old accounting firm and fantasizes about being a Broadway producer. (laughs) We watch the first of many musical interludes. I swear to God, that tap number was five minutes long. Yeah, it's long. It's a long one. It's really long. All of the dance breaks are very... Long. long very long mel for being like a musical comedy it's kind of insane how much dancing are in mel brooks's shows it doesn't need to be that way because like Fra- young frankenstein is very much the same way where it's like there are a lot of dance interludes and a lot of like big chorus numbers and that kind of thing I, you need like one yeah i don't need it every four songs <laughs> i really really don't or every song yeah. at the end, they really stuff them in there. But it's they, it's definitely them like going back to that like golden age of Broadway. I guess motif. here's the thing I have a problem with. It's there's nothing else to do when you're yeah. in a Broadway theater. So you're looking and it's incredible and you're watching people do it live. Right. And you're viewing dance the way that dance was meant to be viewed, which is something that People who film dancing right. have yet to figure out, um, which is a beef I've had since like the first season of So You Think You Can Dance, where I was like, whoever is operating this camera doesn't understand right. that I don't give a flying fuck about anyone's faces while yeah. this is happening. And that if they don't stop moving the camera, I can't focus yeah. on what they're doing. Right. There's a reason why when you watch like, uh, singing in the rain. Yeah, the camera stays it's motionless, pretty much facing the actors, yeah. and then follows them as they dance, but right. not like not like moving around them. or yeah. zooming in on one. Like especially with this musical, I feel like it was choreographed lar- in a large yes. way, and I just you lose so much of the art of choreography when you just decide to hack it up with yeah with editing i mean the director was the choreographer mm -hmm. so i don't know how much input she had on like how those shots were supposed to 
be laid out. In theory, she has a lot of control over that. Sure. Which bums me out even more. Right. I don't know. I'm really going to have to think on this. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted on the record that I hate that and it's really <laughs> frustrating. I, I do understand that. Um, I did want to say that um, I, when I brought this up to you while we were watching it. It is really refreshing, though, especially like in the like course of modern musical movie um, adaptations and all that kind of thing we don't really get to see a lot of dancing. True. Um, like I never saw La La Land, but I know they dance in La La Land. But like, I feel like that was probably the last one. I mean, cats had dancing. Yeah, how dare you accuse them of not having dancing? <laughs> I just feel like it's kind of, uh, it, it's an, I feel, I feel like I'm about to be a Jim Miller right now. It's, it's an all star. It's an art form that's leaving the um, yeah. like, filmed canon. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so it's it's it is refreshing to see like, and especially with people who like clearly are dancers. Yes, like Nathan Lane or, and or, and Matthew Broderick are really good yeah. dancers. They're really good. Yeah, it's very clearly a callback to like Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, yeah. um, movies especially, like that where there yeah. is just a full inter dance interlude, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I no, guess not at all. Uh, maybe I'm the problem and I just <laughs> didn't have the attention span for it, but it felt like, it felt like there were a lot there. Almost every single song has like some sort of like movement or dance interlude. Yeah. Unless it's like a song between, I think Max and Leo, they are usually the ones that don't have dance numbers in it. Yeah. And I just was like over it at yeah. some point. Yeah. They're wild. So, um, yeah, it the my favorite one though is the one with the little old ladies. Yeah, it's great. I just <laughs> so wish fun. it hadn't come after like seven others. Seven others. Yeah, I get that. Um. Okay. So. Oh, I really liked um uh the scene, the very first scene when Max and Leo are meeting in the mm -hmm. office is like seven hours long. Oh my god! Right? I so it's was like the, this is still happening, and I can't track what they're yeah, saying. I I teched this show um the summer before i went to mizzou okay and i remember just sitting backstage and being like because i it was again i knew every line and all that kind of thing but i was still like i never realized until i had to sit through this every night for three weeks mm -hmm. how fucking long the scene <laughs> is it's so long and like the beginning is really not that funny because it's kind of like setting yeah, all, all the, the it's all yeah. the setting up and exposition and all that kind of thing. Um, and then it like ramps up to a hundred and it's just too much like at yeah. once yeah. in one crushing moment. The but I did want to say that in that moment when Max Bialystok is talking to Leo and Leo hasn't like gotten to know him yet. And Max is just like doing bits uh -huh. like constantly. Uh -huh. I felt really seen. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was like, Oh, Max yeah. Bialystok is us when we're trying when to talk to our friends people. and they're just trying to do something normal. And we're like, no, we're going to be they're fucking just idiots. trying to order brunch and we're insisting on doing pancake. Bits. Exactly. Um, I will say that I think that that scene only works when you have a really good Max and a really good Leo. Absolutely. Nathan Lane obviously slays it. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to imagine, like, how brutal and painful a high school production of The Producers Listen, is. Listen, it was college. Where their timing's but, yeah. like, 
Just a little bit off. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. No one has that uh, witty repartee. I know, right? But I love it. And Matthew Broderick is such a fucking dork in this movie. Yeah, it's he amazing. did this weird voice that at first put me off. <laughs> oh, I'm Excuse sorry. Me. Am I too low no, energy? I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it is fully 8 p.m., which is like past my bedtime right um we don't normally record this late no i it put me off at first and then i was like okay yeah that's this is cool and fine and it cute. works for the character because the does. character is supposed to be kind of like dorky and mousy yeah and... i forgot about it eventually which is yeah, always a good thing for sure it wasn't like actively prohibiting me from enjoying yeah his performance from his performance um, so he's fantasizing. We, uh, I want to be a producer, decides to quit his job and forms Bialystok and Bloom with Max searching for the worst play ever written. The duo finds springtime for Hitler, a musical written by an ex Nazi named Franz Liebkind. Max and Leo, in order to acquire Franz's rights to the musical, perform Hitler's favorite song and swear the sacred Siegfried oath to him in Der Guten Tag Hopklop. It's... A very fun number. And yes. uh, Hans's play, Franz. 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 Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> same all, name. It's all German. Yeah. Uh, Franz is played by Will Ferrell in the movie. Yes, and a very good role for him, I think. Absolutely. Uh, the pigeons we should discuss. Oh, my God. I love the pigeons. They're incredible little puppets. Um, and I love that. We love them. a puppet moment. Um, they, my favorite sequence in the show is when Franz is instructing the the pigeon um how to get to Argentina. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite moment in the show because it's the so <laughs> fucking stupid. Like him literally just like talking to this pigeon and this pigeon responding back yeah. like it is a human being. Yes. It's so funny and I love it very much. I very much love the joke that the Nazi is sending letters to Argentina yeah. to ostensibly other Nazis yeah. who are in hiding in Argentina. Yeah. Very funny. Very funny. Um, in order to ensure that the play fails, that is key to this whole shindig. Uh, they meet with the failing, and this is Wikipedia's edit, not mine, flamboyant director. Wow. Roger DeBrit. call him a faggot. <laughs> I wish that Wikipedia would. <laughs> Max and Leo meet flailing faggot director. <laughs> I wish that that's what it said. Truly amazing. And his assistant, Carmen Gia. Common Not law assistant. Common law assistant. <laughs> who I would argue is more flamboyant. Yeah, agreed. But, but Roger's the one who shows up in the dress. That is true. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Looking snatched. Snatched. Fully cinched for the gods. Literally, Meryl, (laughs) while we were watching the movie, Meryl just turns to me and she goes, he's cinched. (laughs) Connor was like, yeah, no hog bodies here. Which, true. I was like, Mel Brooks does not do a hog body. This waist, I can't. (laughs) And that wig, that was not a shake and go. That was laid. Laid, honey. Not an edge in sight. Gary Beach can't clock the lace. Gary, uh, this is the thing. Gary Beach can do that role, but RuPaul can't. Well, you know, my thoughts on that, which Uh I refuse to put on the record. (laughs) All I'm saying is 
Gary Beach could play it. Could play Gary it. Beach could host RuPaul's Drag Race, but RuPaul could but not RuPaul play. could not play Roger DeVries. Roger DeVries. That's all I'm saying. That's all we're saying here at this podcast. <laughs> uh, Roger is reluctant to direct. Um, oh God! But then someone hints that a Tony Award is in his future. Tony, 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 and Tony, he's, Tony. He's ready to come out of retirement. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's such a good. The Keep It Gay is such a fun yeah. fucking number. Yes, and it's just a pure negotiation that this show about Hitler needs to be more gay. Yeah, and they like decide like halfway through the through the number that they're gonna rewrite the show so that Germany wins the war as opposed to losing it. Well, it's a downer. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's a downer to it's lose. It's too downer. Um, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Very, very, very funny. And it's it also, it kind of plays into that, like, sensibility, like, the comedic sensibility with Mel Brooks of um, their, it's wordplay because they're using, like, a, the original definition of gay but yeah. it's being sung by gay people yes. and and the village people and the village people show up which is very wild and very gay and very gay um it's so stupid and i love it and per the law of uh early aughts comedy you can't have any gay references without immediately following it up by asserting your heterosexuality yes so the next scene is a cut to their office Swedish woman named Ula appears to audition. Ula Inga. Ula Inga. And everyone's like, we're not having auditions. And then um, everyone else is like, and by everyone, I mean Leo. Leo says, we're not having auditions. And Max is like, but we're horny and look how hot she is. And they were like, in that case, you hired as our secretary. You're just going to be the secretary and then you'll be one of our girlfriends and then then you get to be in the show. Yeah. So I feel like this is a really good moment to talk about Mm -hmm. how this show has not aged well. Okay, let's (laughs) go get into it. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of references to like casting couches. Um, They make a lot of jokes of how like the producers are going to like terrorize the chorus girls and how the chorus girls are like basically there for their sexual entertainment Mm -hmm. and it's really not to be fair this would still be a very funny joke had uh someone not come forward about harvey weinstein (laughs) these jokes would still be hilarious yeah if we hadn't invented me too i know (laughs) honestly me too ruined the producer that's true and that's what they say that's cancel culture that's cancel culture baby we've let it get out of control The producers can no longer be a show yeah which is why it's never been revived <laughs> that's what famously famously me too killed it dead yeah an r.i.p to uh casting couch jokes yeah we can we we can't have them any anymore <laughs> can't have them anymore anymore um, and it's sad and honestly it's tragic. Uh, it's it's a big swath of comedy that's <laughs> just, just absolutely get, annihilated. Fucking kneecapped. Like, man. It's hard to it's hard to and um, you accept. hate to see it. You really do. You really hate to see it because in today's culture That's you, like, white people culture. Comedy just like can't survive anymore because if we can't make jokes about casting couches what is there left to mock left is there what left is there to mock our racism's already been taken away from us (laughs) they took that one early they took that one already (laughs) we can't make jokes about women Uh, (sighs) what else is there i you know nothing um and this is why this is why comedy is not 
bad now is bad now <laughs> this is why comedy is bad now um to gain backers to fund the musical max uh fucks a lot of old women yes um <laughs> one of them is andrew martin <laughs> incredible uh which allows him to raise the two million dollars which is an incredible sum of money yeah in cash Two million cash. Two million cash, baby. Bananas. Leo laments about the dangers of sex distracting him from his work and shares a kiss with Ula. Ugh. Um, Connor <laughs> said, <laughs> I I was like, oh my God, they keep dancing. They keep talking this, this sex. And Connor's like, yeah, I always thought this was the most boring song. And I was like, oh, this heterosexual couple behaving heterosexually <laughs> bored you? I can't imagine why. <laughs> I so I discovered this movie via like I think my girlfriend at the time in like eighth grade or seventh grade or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I was still like very much in the closet when I was watching this show. (laughs) Okay. For the first times. And um Should have been a hint when I was like bored as fuck watching Leo, Leo and Ula and all I could think of was go back to Roger and Carmen. <laughs> they were so funny. They were fun and I actually loved that. They were fun and I actually that. loved that. <laughs> that Not should have been a hint. Red flag. <laughs> um, at auditions for the role of Hitler, Franz, the writer of this musical, I yes. just in case we forgot, angered at a performance where performer's rendition of a German song storms the stage and performs it himself Gehort das Deutschband uh, based on the performance Max hires Franz to play Hitler it's very fun um, yeah it's a it's a good number it seems inevitable yeah that he would be the lead. well I mean, he has to be I and I always wonder because spoiler um he ends up breaking his leg on opening night of the show and Roger has to step in. So my brain who has seen this movie 1500 times, I've always like had this like small part of me, like thinking what the show with Franz in it would look like. I think that would be a flop. Yeah. But I always wondered if it would if he would be doing literally the exact same thing mm-hmm. that Roger does mm-hmm. in the show, like acting as gay as Roger does, like or oh. was that just Roger? I think that's just Roger. Okay, that's that was my interpretation. Got of it. it. But who knows? I well because the whole the whole reason that Roger goes into the role is because Max is like, I see you at rehearsal. You're always moving. You know the words. You know the words. Like, you know literally everything about the show. Yeah. And so that's why I always assumed that he was literally doing blocking and choreo that Franz was supposed to be doing. So then I was like, I would always just try to imagine like what that show would look like. (laughs) Getting real deep. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to uh, opening night in the second half. Okay, so it's it's opening it's opening night, y'all. Oh, um, I think we need to bring up the fact that you said during the Ula number when she was auditioning, uh, you turned to me and said after 
the um song was over that uh nathan lane and matthew broderick doing a synchronized leg cross to hide their boners was the height of comedy i forgot about that yeah they were like uh trust me we're giving you a even though we're sitting down we're giving you a standing ovation and then they both looked down at their dinguses and then they both <laughs> crossed their legs at the same time. It's very good. Boners are hilarious. Boners are very funny. There's so many boner jokes in this yeah. fucking it's musical. It's funny that people get boners. That's funny. If I know anything from literally every show about <laughs> teens, that uh, is correct. When you're hard, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm not like that is not sexy <laughs> at all. I don't want that. I'm just going to laugh. <laughs> like don't come at me all stiff and pointy. Don't come pointing that thing at me. <laughs> because I'm going to be cackling. <laughs> I'm hee hawing when you bring that thing around. Don't be bringing that thing around. <laughs> Oh boy, we better cut all that. Keep that in. That's comedy gold. Listen to this. My mom does not listen to this. (laughs) I don't think she knows how to download a podcast. Uh, The audience is horrified at the first song, "Springtime for Hitler." Oh, they do the they do the good luck song, which is really fun. Yes. Oh, that's not in the wiki. Uh, (gasps) tragically, tragic. Yes, where. Nathan Lane says good luck and they're all like, no, you have to say break a leg or famously you'll have terrible luck. Yeah. So then or Matthew Broderick says good luck and then they're teaching him that you have to say break a leg or mared or like any of the other many things that theater people say because theater people are suspicious and insufferable insufferable. is the word you were looking for. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, So then in the background of this song, um, Max is just like doing everything he can to like cause the show bad luck he like puts a ladder in front of the stage door he swings a black cat around and throws it backstage self-fulfilling prophecy honestly because it's one of those things where like thought you're you realize you're inflicting the bad luck on yourself right so if you have the bad luck for yourself and your intentions are for the show to fail yeah then obviously the bad luck is going to work against that wish right. and make the show a success exactly idiot he doesn't understand the logic of of superstition this like is... me a superstition expert exactly insane insane um anyway the show we opens. will <laughs> revive the producers and it will be me too me compliant too f- compliant <laughs> And it will have revitalized logic of its luck system. Yeah. And then this time the show is a flop and they do get away with it. Yeah. Because what Broadway and what 2020 is really about is celebrating scammers. White collar crime succeeding. (laughs) Honestly, the scammers have had a real bad run of it lately. As we mentioned before, all those people have been caught. This is true. But at the same time, Mike Bloomberg... Is literally buying the election. Yeah, but that's not a scam. <laughs> it feels like a scam. That's not a scam. That's just corruption. Uh, it's like a scam, except that you're watching it happen in real time. Oh, There's no pretense. Um, and isn't Caroline Calloway like still like very successful? Well, in the 
the sense that she is back on Adderall and <laughs> insisting on doing Henry Matisse knockoffs. Yeah, she's very successful. I love that for her. Successful in the sense that she can pull off a leggings and sports bra look on her way to work out. I love that. And that's my only measure of I success. I mean, obviously. So, um, in 2020 New York, when we've lost all edge, apparently. Yeah. Because we're not the, it's not the 80s anymore. News to me. News to me. This is now the measure of success. And she's yeah. reached it, And baby. she's at the pinnacle. Mm. Uh, this Can you first say that song, one more time? Pinnacle. Thank you. Uh, the first song is Springtime for Hitler, which is a classic. And I used to sing it in college. Yeah. Uh, except I would change the words to it's bedtime <laughs> for Meryl and Leah, who was my roommate <laughs> in the house. Uh, whenever we went to bed, which was around 830 um, every day. How? Um, How did you go through college going to bed at 830? Well, on a weekday, that's what time we felt what? like going to bed. We'd go take a quick shower uh, in the bathroom. And then we'd come back to our room, eat a little tortellini I'd stolen from the kitchen, <laughs> uh, heat it up in her microwave and... Watch an episode of Friends and go to sleep. That at eight thirty. Yes, sensible time. That okay. So you're telling me mm-hmm. that you did not wake up every day mm-hmm. at four thirty, uh-huh. and then go to sleep at two, <laughs> like I did. No. You mean I had options? <laughs> You should get a roommate who loves to go to bed at a reasonable hour. You should get a roommate who that doesn't have um, a that sounds really chemical bad. imbalance in their brain. <laughs> that sounds real bad. You should get a roommate who's mentally stable and your life can be incredible. <laughs> Honestly, I that sounds like hell. I will say like first semester junior year, I lived the best life I'll ever live. <laughs> She also, my that roommate also introduced me to leggings because up until that point, sure. I had refused steadfastly to wear leggings as yeah. pants. Um, and I'll be honest, that ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> ruined my life. I can't get into it. Love you, Leah. She just got married two weeks ago. Many congratulations. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Springtime for Hitler. Everyone's freaking pissed. Yeah. They leave. Um, until Adolf Elizabeth Hitler. Yeah. That's such a weird bit that they do. They do a lot of bits um, where like characters are doing things that allegedly Hitler did. Like if you notice a lot of the things that Franz says about Hitler, other uh-huh. characters do throughout the show or are like attributed to other characters like Roger Elizabeth Debris. Right, yeah. Um, Ula paints the entire office in one afternoon, two coats. Like, oh. Like, it's a weird, like, callback that, that doesn't really make sense. Right over my yeah. brain. Like, they make those, like, sense. callback jokes to, like, all the things that Hitler was and did, like, throughout wow. the, the show. Man, the myth, the legend. It's very strange. Very strange. Yeah. Um, and then when he comes out, everyone's like, oh my God. He's a little fop. That's an incredible takedown. What an incisive cutting satire of Adolf Hitler. Also, by this point, Hitler's dead. So uh, they couldn't know that in 40 years, uh, I guess, let's say 50s, 40, 50, 60 years later. Yeah. Uh, Nazism would be on the rise again. <laughs> they couldn't know. 
Um, well, you know, you <laughs> they thought that, you know, we won the war. They were like, everyone gets it. It's bad. It's we bad. All, we're all on the same page here. Everybody knows. Yeah, but then, apparently we don't. Apparently that memo didn't quite make it around to no, everybody. No. Um, anyway, he comes in. I think this is super interesting because uh, this last season of films mm-hmm. included Jojo Rabbit uh, yes. by Taika Waititi, which also had... Uh, this satirical mm-hmm. sort of version of Hitler where it's played for laughs as like a yeah. mocking him thing. And I think it's interesting because there's definitely pockets of people who did not care for Jojo Rabbit uh, because of that. And they're like, oh, sure. It's not not because it's disrespectful. Obviously, they're not giving two shits about respecting Hitler, but they're like in a time where people are getting mm-hmm. murdered by Nazis. Like this isn't doing enough. It's not enough to just make fun of it. It's kind of the Trump issue where yeah. it's not enough to just be like, you're orange. That's funny. Right. Like, that's not doing anything. And kids are still in cages. Yeah. So like it's, it's an interesting, I think it works in this setting, obviously very far removed. Right. But you can't, it's not funny now. Like that just simply wouldn't work now. I feel Maybe it would. I guess plenty of late night shows are yeah. still making their living doing that. Right. I'm. I, but I would go so far to say that like the majority of political satire and comedy these days is really not that strong. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because, like you said, people are going for like the low hanging fruit. It's the jokes that everyone can make and has made a hundred times on Twitter. And also uh, the things that are happening are like beyond pair. Like you just right. can't, there's nothing funnier or more outrageous than what is literally, What's literally going on <laughs> in the world. Um, which I agree. It's an interesting, I haven't seen Jojo rabbit yet. Yeah. Um, so I can't, I don't, a lot of people really liked it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and then was kind of reading reviews and reading opinions. Yeah. And, I can see that viewpoint yeah, where no, they're I like, it. it's not addressing, it's just a very light yeah. uh, look at fascism. Of course, this brings us to the world's worst take that I sent Connor the other day. Oh my God. Where someone <laughs> oh my God. boldly claimed, please hold, I sorry, I do actually need to read this verbatim because it is wild. Wild. Um, I was wondering if we were going to talk about this, but <laughs> I'm going to bring it up because, you know, we talk about lots Nazis a lot on this show. <laughs> Apparently we do. <laughs> and I feel we need. OK, remember how. So this is not me. This, this is, is a person this on is the Internet. Someone on Twitter crafting this. Uh, remember how Cabaret makes it seem like Nazism is directly the fault of public sexuality, gender bending and people not hiding their sexual orientations. But so many love it anyway because we're starved for representation because I'll never forgive that fucking play. So first we're dealing with this insane Internet speak yes. that makes my skin crawl. Of course. Um, And also a wild take. I don't I have been thinking about this tweet since you sent it to me like (laughs) four days ago yeah i do not understand where that like came from comes from and i did say this to you i'm just gonna say it again it's a it's deliberately ignoring what we know to be true of nazism right 
and saying since the only lens we're viewing the rise of fascism in the Third Reich is through the cabaret. Right. That makes it the cabaret's fault. Right. That Nazism and fascism occur. Yeah. And the movie is putting blame on. Yeah. I just the levels your brain have to be operating on to get to this galaxy take galaxy brain take unbelievable unhinged and then she like slams the choreography and is like and bob fossey messy and i was like okay well so like you're yeah, he was a shitty guy but like, like you're so, wrong it's like iconic choreography and like you, so your brain's broken you're gonna tell you're gonna look at me and tell me that i'm wrong, <laughs> wrong bro am i wrong am i wrong I just, I don't know. There's a lot going on here. I just don't think that this uh, movie doing this bit would play the same way. Yeah, I get it. I also just like looking, and this is us once again looking at older works yeah. um, in Why a, can't everyone be perfect like a us? A more modern lens. But I, like, I feel like it is sort of punching down to say like it's it's very much the the joke of when people are like oh Trump and Putin are, are gay, for, gay each other. for each other yeah that's the joke that's the joke and they're like what incisive satire yeah this is. and like what if and hear me out Hitler was gay oh like, my god isn't that so funny like, he's got a lot of shit going on we right. don't need to like be reductive and be like but he's also gay right exactly for him to be like a fucking freak didn't really stop him from you know like (laughs) annihilating population exactly exactly so it's not exactly incisive satire and i don't think that it holds up i think it was weak back then and it's just gotten weaker yeah and weird because like like it's it's a fun like it's fun because Gary Beach sells it and it's he is fucking funny. hilarious. Yeah. But when you look at it in terms of like, OK, well, if this were a real show. Yes, I think that's the thing. Now, at the same time, there would still be plenty of people who would be like epic clap back. Yeah, absolutely. So at the same time, like I'm fully wrong and it absolutely would be a smash <laughs> hit. There's like a thousand books about how Trump is stupid and they're yeah. like, don't be Trump. And I'm like, congratulations, you're making money for people buying this as stocking stuffers and doing yeah. fully nothing to fight the rest of fascism in your own country. Yeah, basically. Um, please do not give money to resistance grifters. Thank you. Please. 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 It's a scam. <laughs> I can't explain to you the financials of it, but please We do not know the fi- Do not trust us on the financials when it i is tell a you scam do not feed the resistance grifters please um <laughs> this guy, this podcast life. this episode got real political real fast anytime hitler's involved <laughs> it happens it does it i does. can't help it um we're gonna like lose listeners <laughs> Uh, um, um, oh yeah. So everyone's like, oh my God, incredible. We love this epic clapback. Yeah. And then, um, it's the show becomes a smash, which is the opposite of, of a flop of the flop, which was the intended result. Yes. And it, they have this really amazing scene where, um, Max and Leo are fighting over the books because Leo wants to like bring the books to the IRS and right. be like, fess up to the crime and be like maybe if i if i tell them the bad thing that i did and i be honest they'll be nice to me and famously they will be nicer to you if you can roll on someone yeah absolutely that's pretty much how the criminal justice system 
has worked for many, many yeah. years now. And it's the there's this just amazing chaotic scene where Max and Leo and Roger and Carmen are talking about the show mm-hmm. and then Franz bursts in and starts shooting Furious. everywhere. Furious. <laughs> it's such a funny scene because there's so much chaos happening yeah, it at is once. Absolutely just ins and outs, running, yeah. misunder miscommunications, everyone's angry, tempers are flaring, yeah. and someone has a gun. Someone has a gun. And famously, we did not see that gun in the first act. So, so it's gotta <laughs> pop off now. It literally has no choice but to pop off. Uh Franz then appears in a sh- attempts to shoot all four of them for breaking the Siegfried Oath. Yeah. Uh, for making a mockery of Hitler. Yeah. Which attracts the attention of the police, which are stereotypically Irish cops. <laughs> yes. Like, and then Nathan Lane's character, and then Max's yeah. character tries to get out of trouble by also claiming to be Irish. <laughs> Very funny. And speaking in an Irish broke. Like, wild stuff it's it's insane it's very funny that in and i get it because the producers is from the 60s but like truly wild that in 2005 mel brooks was like yeah we're gonna keep the irish cop joke in (laughs) (laughs) like not i just feel like growing up i mean i guess we like sort of learned about like no irish hired and like champney hall and shit like that i guess a little bit we touched on it but it wasn't like we were ever in history like i just didn't have the context for the irish as a spat upon people yeah and so like i don't get when people make irish jokes i'm like (laughs) okay this is such a weird thing to be yeah I don't know. To it's a very, it, it, it's again goes back to that old, like the older, like you said, like yeah. Bush Belt comedy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like my grandfather insisting uh, people don't hold it against him that he's Catholic. Like right. no one's persecuting Catholics in 2005 or in 2020. No, not at <laughs> no all. No one's doing that. You're not a minority. You're not yeah. an oppressed group. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you're fine. <laughs> but in like the 60s, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. People were very mad that JFK was a Catholic and yeah. the Pope was running America. Absolutely. Everybody was big mad about it. <laughs> big mad. <laughs> big mad. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I just felt like the co- the Irish cop joke was truly wild it's funny i think i really funny. i love i it love that made joke. Me laugh. like they're speaking in it the yeah. cops are speaking in an irish in brogue, a brogue yeah. and then uh nathan lane is like i'm oh oh bialystok and it's i i think partially that had to have been an excuse to get nathan lane to, to do, do an his irish amazing I, his irish amazing accent. irish accent because it, it is so it so good yeah as we say, what does he say at the end? As we say, um, in, as we say in the old country, old taxi, country, taxi, <laughs> taxi. In a classic, Nathan Lane is such an incredible voice. Like, congrats to him yeah, on honestly. that gift. I'm glad he's successful. You, Meryl, at one point turned to me um, and she was like, Nathan Lane is amazing at playing a scammer. And I was like, it's yeah. the voice. Yeah. Well, he plays one on 30 Rock, too. Yeah. He scams Jack Don- the whole Donaghy family. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're born to be a scammer. He is a scammer. I he also played Roy Cohn in um, the... In Angels? In Angels. The That's right. Angels, um, Less of a scammer and more of just... Uh, a horrible human being. A, a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I like that scammer implies that they have like a somewhat they're just like rascally. 
as opposed to Bernie. It was never called Bernie Madoff a scammer. He like he like ruined people's yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely stole. He was a thief. Yeah. Um, but Netherlands a scammer. He's a little schemer. It's fine He's that he skipped himself out to old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who wouldn't pimp themselves out to Andrea Martin? I would. I fully frankly. would. Um, Andrea Martin, tweet at. <laughs> Then as Max and Franz attempt to evade the police, Franz breaks his other leg yes. and yells up the stairs. I've broken my yeah. other leg. Um, it's, Max, a, it's the classic. Somebody runs off stage and you hear a bunch of pots and pans falling. Yes. And then they're like, ouch, yeah. my ankle, <laughs> my ankle. And then there's the sirens. Woo. Yeah. OK. Or like you hear a cat screeching or something like that. <laughs> um, a very funny joke. One of the cops picks up uh, their accounting books oh, yeah. and says this one says, uh, show to the irs and what does the other one say never show to the irs <laughs> they're like you three are coming downtown who three you and those two books they <laughs> take him downtown arrest max um wow. while leo escapes with ula and they go to rio de janeiro rio um and max is in prison and gets a postcard yeah. and he gets pissed Oh my god, Betrayed is such a fucking good number. It feels like it was written for Nathan Lane. It absolutely right? was. Like he's f- like fully in the pocket. Yes. He's in his element, just doing his shtick. And, and it's amazing. It. And it's so good. And I don't ever feel like he's gonna have a heart attack. No. Which sometimes happens when people are singing songs like that. Yeah. Because he's like literally much. like climbing on the bars of the prison yeah. cell and like running around and screaming. And we he love does, a singing in prison yeah, song. He does this amazing bit where he's like imagining his like childhood, but then he's like, wait, that's not my life. That didn't Some, happen to me. Somebody else's life is flashing before my <laughs> eyes. It's very funny. Yes. Um, and then my favorite part of the song is when he starts recount, like he basically retells the entire show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, funny. Um <laughs> unfortunately in the mute in the in the movie version, they don't have the part where he go where he reenacts intermission. Amazing. Because <laughs> um, he will like go all the way up until like along came the alley and then he goes intermission and then he just stands there on, on stage doing nothing for like 15 seconds. And then the song starts again. Incredible. It's hilarious. Hits all the jokes. Of comedy. It hits all the like important points it's very succinct it's very funny yeah absolutely if you didn't if you never wanted to watch the oscars just watch that or watch the producers um you could just watch betrayed you could just watch betrayed and And you you got got the show um about to be he goes to be sentenced max does um and is saved by leo who returns to defend him the judge realizes that they are inseparable and also co-conspirators they're also uh criminals together yeah not just that they love each other and sentences them both to five years at sing sing prison with franz um there they write and produce a new musical in prison called prisoners of love leo max and franz are pardoned by the governor for their work allowing them to collaborate with roger and ula and release prisoners of love the play's success means max and leo go on to become successful broadway producers so they get their wish at the end of the day. At the end of the day. At the end You're of the day. You're another day older. older, older. <laughs> um, yeah. And at the end of the day, you get to. It's I, 
listen, if this isn't society, I don't know mm-hmm. what is. You can uh, certainly have a flop, but if you're a white man, you get another chance. You get a third chance. You get another shot. <laughs> even if you um did, well, I guess they did technically succeed, but they defrauded yeah. their investors. They did commit fraud. Um, and they were still given a second chance. Uh, so again, bold. Bold. Mel wild. Brooks. Fortune teller. (laughs) Fortune teller to the stars. Yeah. Star to the stars. Fortune teller to the stars. Yeah. I was going to say, let's just skip to man Man and and chairing. Yeah. Connor man and chair this for us. Yeah. um, I really do love this show. Um, Again, it was one of those that was like very formative for me because I discovered the movie so early on. Um, I think I maybe even started watching this movie before I even like, started performing in theater amazing or like maybe shortly after i had started performing in theater um and as i said i've watched it so much that it's basically imprinted on my entire being you were quoting it verbatim it was unbelievable every i know i am the roger debris of the producers always moving my I'm lips along <laughs> with the actors yes <laughs> Or your Franz Liebkind, however you choose to see I it. see you as my Carmen, because they're partners. <laughs> we are... Wait, what's their joke? Um, common law assistant. Common law assistant. Yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> common law assistant. Um, but no, so this show was very formative to me, so it does hold a very special place in my heart. Um, it's definitely in my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I fully acknowledge that it has not aged well, um, but... Again, comedy is like of the genres, it's the most likely to not age well. So that's understandable. But even outside of the gross parts and like the parts that were problematic, um, it's still very funny. It still has really good broad comedy, great performances from um the entire cast. And it's still I'm still like sitting down and watching it tonight. I, I still really enjoyed it. For sure. Yeah. Meryl, man in chair. Yeah, I think um, I'm a sucker for Mel Brooks. Sure. Uh, formative for me was Mel Brooks. Yeah. Uh, movies. Young and Frankenstein. Informed. And, yeah. yeah, I watched, I could wear out Young Frankenstein. I could probably yeah. quote that verbatim for you. Like, I truly love Mel Brooks. Think that he's an incredible writer mm-hmm. and comedian. Um, comedy writer, I guess. I don't know. I didn't. This could be. We could blame this on the Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, there were jokes where I was like, eh, "It's not like that's not a great joke," but I was still enjoying it. Right. I feel like a problem that I often run into with stuff that doesn't hold up to today. I'm like actively like, "That's not funny and that's gross." Right. Um. That's just you're just making fun of him because he's a man in a dress. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel like that uh, with producers. Yeah. Sometimes I was like, OK, maybe not great. Right. But I was still enjoying it again. It could just be because the people are also charismatic that right. I was just like, well, I'm swept up with this. Um, I really enjoyed this. I had seen it before, but I forgot. <laughs> I also like got it confused with 
uh, Le Cajon Fall. Mm. Just, you know, like Also two, Nathan Lane. Yeah. And just like two men doing something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. I know that that's not a good. <laughs> that's like most musicals. I know. That's just my brain categorized them all in the same genre. I'm like, they're the same show. Right. Um, because it's just two guys. And writing a musical about two guys writing a musical about two guys writing a musical. <laughs> yeah. Um, for some reason, my brain like scattergoried that it, yeah. that content into two men. That's, That's very the same funny. show. I had seen the producers. I liked it. It was fun to rewatch the movie. I don't think I'd ever seen the movie. Okay. I'll do anything for Nathan Lane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was great. It was really, really fun. I think it's a fun watch. You can get it for free on Hulu if you own Showtime or Stars. Yeah, one of those. One of those two. Uh, it was three ninety nine to rent from Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Like, very fun. Very worth it for an evening. Or if you want to come to my apartment, I have it on DVD. <laughs> and we would have brought it here, but I don't have a way to watch DVDs. I could have brought my PS4, but you don't have I a TV. I wish you would have brought your PS4. <laughs> Just trekked it all the way over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, liked it. Would recommend it. It's yeah. fun. I don't know that I would listen to the soundtrack. Okay. Uh, this is not sung through. No, um, no, definitely. There are some fun jokes in the songs, mm-hmm. but I don't think I care enough about the soundtrack to re-listen to it. It, I think it works visually in the movie. Yeah, I think it works better altogether. Again, famously, musical theater is a visual. Is a visual medium. <laughs> we constantly forget about that. I am surprised every time we record an episode. Uh, Connor, do you have anything to plug? No, not uh, not at the moment. Um, don't as- you just have something in something? Oh, I mean, this is this is going to come out later. later you're right. um, yeah, you can find um, my funny writing um, mm-hmm. at CRELIA12 across all platforms. Sick. You can also find my uh, because I'm pivoting to video. Um, you can find funny videos at CRELIA12 across all platforms, including TikTok, TikTok if you are so inclined. TikTok. Um, Meryl, do you have anything to plug? No, uh, I am not pivoting to video (laughs) unless you're in my close friends on Instagram or, uh, I have DM'd you a video of me doing one of those. What are you videos? Yes. That's the only video content I'm pivoting to. I I will, um, send you TikToks. You is anyone. If I think it's related to you, I will send uh, TikTok. I'll download it to my phone and text it to you. So I guess like if you want to get in on that, yeah. uh, just send, shoot me a message on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm at Meryl K across all platforms. You can find this podcast um, at Bits Over B-Way across most platforms. Email us Bits Over B-Way at gmail.com. We're in uh, we're on the Google Play Store. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. And we're now also on YouTube. Yes. Um, our entire uh, backlog hasn't been mm-hmm. uploaded yet, but um, all of our newer episodes are on uh, YouTube. Yes. Um, so subscribe, rate, yeah. like, all that if stuff. If you listen to podcasts on Patreon, we also have a Patreon. Yes. Um, we post all the episodes 
for free there if you want to give us money i suppose you could uh but you can access all the content yes. for free until we start coming up with uh content we want to charge you for <laughs> which we will guarantee will be worse than the free episodes that is correct that's the bits over broadway promise that's the guarantee baby uh i think that's everything yeah, yeah. all right bye, bye. Like, don't come at me all stiff and pointy. Don't come pointing that thing at me. <laughs> because I'm going to be cackling. I'm hee-hawing when you bring that thing around. Don't be bringing that thing around. <laughs>